Hi, good morning and welcome. This is Seek Sustainable Japan. I'm your host, JJ Walsh. And once again, after about a year, we have the pleasure of talking once again with Zoe Bouchard Kanzawa in Yodogawa in Kochi. Thank you so much, Zoe, for joining. Thank you for having me. So last year, we talked a lot about uh, the Nyodo adventures, uh, tours, and business that you and your husband are doing. Uh, just to catch up viewers who may not have seen that last year, can you give us a little bit of your backstory, where you come from, and how you ended up in beautiful Kochi? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm French-Canadian. I was uh, backpacking for a few years. And uh, eventually I went back to Canada in British Columbia. I met my husband who's a grafting guide. So he was um, guiding in, in Japan mostly. And then he went overseas for the winters and eventually he went to Canada and we happened to work together in, uh, in British Columbia. So I was a yoga teacher and he was a rafting guide and we fell in love. And uh, yeah, and the rest is history, really. So I, I came to Japan um, because of it, it's not true actually. The rest is not history. It's still building. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so his visa was uh, running out. He was on a working holiday visa in, in Canada, and so it made sense for me to um, to come to Japan. And I had traveled before, so it wasn't like very unusual for me to move across the world to uh to live um and so i did that uh maybe i think three years and a half ago and so we worked for an outdoor business here for about half a year and then we started our business in early 2020 um and the reason why we came to niodogawa in particular we were working in otoyo uh, where violet is um living and um yeah we were kind of driving around trying to find a place to uh, to set up business and here there was nothing basically there was no one in terms of outdoor companies and it's beautiful and uh i we just felt like it was very underutilized um so yeah we moved here and then we're still working on, on the business, really. I was about to say, again, the rest is history, but it's not, yeah. It's, it's still evolving. It's still right. evolving, I imagine. And uh, speaking of your business, how have things been since last year, since we talked last time? Have you been able to ride out the coronavirus slowdown? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been um, quite good, actually. Uh, so this year... Well, it's, it's kind of always growing every year. This year we had staff um, as well. So that's that's kind of a big step for us because it was a very small business operated by just the two of us, my husband and I. And sometimes having um, guest guides or like help coming from other companies. But this year we had a few like a full time staff member and then other guides coming to help us. And um, yeah, it's been very good, actually. I feel like the more um the more it goes the more people kind of know who we are and so people are more drawn to come here also when we first started people didn't really know what pack rafts were the little boats and the photos that you can see and uh, now it feels like it's becoming more mainstream so we have more people coming for that um, whereas before it was just canyoning 
And of course, now the borders are opening. So we're hoping that uh, next year we can have more of the uh, inbound tourism um, coming to us. That would be lovely because, you know, usually people, especially with their first trips to Japan, they, they stay within, the, I think the name is the Golden Route, right? So the, you know, Tokyo, Osaka, um, Nara, and uh, Kyoto. So we're hoping that people also get off the beaten trails and come to Shikoku. And uh, yeah, it's been very good. This year, we, we were also on TV on Nihon Terebi at the beginning. I'm not sure if it was the beginning of the season. I think it was August-ish. And so that really helped also. You're showing uh, pictures from your Instagram now of yeah. canyoning and pack rafting. Uh, for people who aren't familiar, could you describe canyoning and then pack rafting? Mm -hmm, sure. So canyoning can be very different from a, a company to the other. So in, for some places, it's like uh, zip lining, abseiling, like you can see here. Um, some other companies, it's simply just like shower climbing, just walking through the canyon. So it's really different from a place to the other. And for us, it's mostly like cliff jumping. And then we have some abseiling. Um, and the, the most special thing about, I would say, our canyoning is like, it's so beautiful. It's like in, insane. You feel like you're, I don't want to say in another country because Japan is beautiful in its own right, uh, but it feels very um magic like you can see here the cliffs are really steep so you feel like you're alone in nature and um that's what i think is really special about about our trips uh we're really trying to get people out of their heads and more into their bodies especially people coming from the city um so yeah the canyoning is is mostly just abseiling jumping in the water just you know, swimming a little bit um, and then just observing the beautiful nature around you, whereas backrafting is uh, inflatable kayaks. So you go down uh, the river and uh, it's a little bit challenging if you've never paddled before, but it's definitely possible to do. So it's beginner friendly. And uh, we, yeah, we can have family trips sometimes depending on different, you know, sections of the river, like the one you're showing now, that's the family section or the typhoon uh, section. So when after a typhoon, we have to go there. And uh, yeah, there's some, there's some rapids like you can see here. That's in the normal section that we, where we go to. Um, and it's quite fun, you know, you fall off your boat, it's all good, you just get back on and and uh, that's it. I really, really like pack rafting. That's like one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> and then uh, you're, you've got such great videos and everything. Um, definitely refer people to go and check out the Instagram page. We'll put a link here as well. Um, but another really cool thing you guys do is the sauna tent. Tell us about the sauna tent. Yeah. So actually, we got that idea two two winters ago because we were like, mm, like our business is very much seasonal. We do a lot of winter, uh, the summer activities. Uh, excuse me. And so we were like, okay, what could we do in the winter as well, or in spring or autumn that could be really nice to do. Um, and so we thought about the sauna tent because uh, it's, you know, of course, you're going to paddle a little bit. It, it is a little bit cold. Um, if you want to swim, you can swim. 
but then you have the sauna to go in and then uh, obviously warm up and it's in nature so it's amazing the view is stunning the water is really really clear so you kind of alternate between um doing the sauna and then going for a swim in the river and then actually in a couple of weeks we have um something that's called neodo blue festival and we have for that a special tea from someone um in the area who makes his own like essential oils actually the one we use for the sauna is from him as well he uses hinoki oil from the area um and then he makes ginger and lemongrass and there's something else in the tea ginger lemongrass and I think it's lemon peel or yuzu peel. Yeah, yuzu peel. Um, and uh, so we're going to use that. And so people can go in the sauna, can go for a swim, drink their tea. And uh, if they want, they can just do a few rounds of that. In our usual tour, we do coffee as well. Uh, but it's not for everyone, obviously, because you go in the sauna. If you're really sensitive to that, it might not be the best thing. So herbal teas um, is, yeah, it's often better for some people um but uh yeah th that coffee is actually also from a roaster our neighbor actually who roasts the coffee so everything is very much local and we're trying to uh to keep it that way um but yeah it it's looks, super fun it looks awesome and then mm -hmm. uh, you had a a really cute video of how you guys make it uh, you put up the tent and then you use rocks from the riverside, mm -hmm. is that right? And then local wood. Um, so mm -hmm. everything is very uh, locally sourced and uh, more sustainable than you might mm -hmm. see in other places. I am also intrigued by these sauna hats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What would you like to know? <laughs> Wait, why? Is it just to be cute or is there a purpose? No, there is a purpose, actually. So apparently so i'm not a sauna expert there's a there's this page actually if you guys are interested in doing more sauna there's a a, a website that's called sauna ikitai in japan it's for people who wants to go sauna quite obviously and uh on that website i'll go back to the sauna hat in a minute but on that website uh you can write like how much time you spend in the sauna what temperature it was how long you stayed in the in the water and then people like it and they're like yeah great job so anyway these people would know better probably uh, how to explain this but the the goal is to keep your head somewhat cool otherwise your head gets too hot and then that's when you can have headaches um, etc that's what i understand um but yeah, there is a, we were trying actually to get them made with felt from Japan. It fell through because the, the artist or many of the artists that I've reached out um, couldn't make like 10 hats on a whim, which is fair enough. But that's something that we, we want to, uh, to do eventually. Or I could make them myself. I've never done it, but I'm sure if I put the effort in, I could manage. <laughs> But they're I, really fun, though. There's yeah. some like Etsy and stuff. It's like fairy fairy hats and stuff. So they yeah, so cute. Mm. Um, I have uh, two women that I've I've interviewed who uh, they make local locally sourced textiles. So maybe I'll put you in touch with them, and you, you could you could create your own signature uh, sauna hats. Wouldn't that be yeah. fun? That would be lovely. That's my winter project. I have a lot of time on my hands usually. So. What a great way to warm up 
and mm -hmm. cool off because you get all hot in the sonotan and then you go into the, the cold river. Uh, mm -hmm. I think last time you also mentioned it's really popular even in summer, right? Right. Yeah, that, that's quite surprising to me. Um, I'm the kind of person during like August, we have a, the river right next to our house. So I go swim all the time. But a lot of people were actually saying like, yeah, no, actually, it's way too cold to swim in. And I'm like, it's 40 degrees. Like, that's the point, right? But some people really need the sauna to actually go in the, the water. So yeah, in August, we're pretty much fully booked with the, the sauna rental. Um, and yeah, people love it. They they just, you know, rave. And I guess there's the the element of like the, the steam and the hinoki oil that makes it different. But um, people make a day of it and our rentals are for six hours. So they come with their family, they do barbecue, go for a swim, sauna. So yeah, it, there's a boom at the moment, I think. A lot of people um, either rent 10 saunas or buy them or start businesses to... Um, to do tours with the the tensona so i think it's very much like on the rise at the moment that's awesome and one other thing you mentioned last time which i think is a great selling point is that you said basically along any of the rivers in your area you can just pitch a tent and camp without a problem um this is quite unusual in japan usually you need to find an official camping place right Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm not sure whether it's a Shikoku thing, um, but there's a, a lot of places around here. Like if there, you see a little beach like this, it's uh, it's okay to camp usually, except if, if it's a private property, obviously. But um, yeah, it's it's very much camping friendly. There's a, a place just around the corner from, from that beach in particular that you're showing that's called uh, Miyazaki no Kawara, like Miyazaki campsite. Um, and it's super, super famous because of the clear water that you can see here. Um, now you, you can't see how busy it is, but in the, in the summer, actually, this river has got like traffic jams of like stand-up paddle boards. So the, the beach itself is packed just with uh with with campers and that's the case along most of the Niodo river yes and it's good i mean people really are really clean uh, they you know they clean up after themselves and everything and if we see something in the river like plastic etc we're obviously picking it up but um i'm very surprised how clean people are like if it was in canada that would be like free free campsites i'm pretty sure it would be uh way more chaotic so um yeah. yeah well that's that's a thing about um this area right of kochi is that it takes a bit more effort to get there but hopefully that's a good thing as well because people plan to stay longer can you tell us a little bit about some of the other services around your area i think you have a great craft brewery nearby right yeah yep so there's a uh, mukai-san Ken, ken's brewery so ken is um is uh, american and then he's like third generation japanese i believe um so he is up in the mountains so from where we are like the the road that you can see here you just keep going up that day in particular it was uh, the matsuri day i believe so that's why there was a little tent pitched up with uh, ken's beer but usually he's way up in the mountain at the tap room and uh <clears throat> yeah there's a there's a few really cool things to do you can go fishing if you like there's some tours that um that are organized for that it's not 
English speaking from what I understand, but I'm sure it could be arranged. Uh, there's a few um, English speakers in the area. And then uh, we have us obviously for like outdoor um, activities. There's a lot of accommodation. So there's Yunomori that's a little bit more fancy, like um, it's a onsen and a hotel place. Then there's a Shimonano Sato. Shimonano Sato, that's like a, uh, a refurbished or an old school that they converted into a camping ground and a uh, an accommodation place. So that's a great option for a little bit more budget-friendly um, option. And then um, they, they're actually trying to refurbish a lot of the old schools around here. So I think that's that's great, like just taking the, the old buildings and and making them into something else. Uh, there's a lot of great restaurants also. There's a Asnaro Cafe, which is pretty famous for the, the tea that they're making and uh, everything they make with it. So like they make udon, ano cha udon. So like udon with tea and then um, a lot of things that come from the area. So so yeah, it's it's pretty good. We uh, we have everything we need except for maybe like a bulk store. That's my goal in the next few uh, few decades, uh, I would say. But uh, yeah, we have everything we need here. That's awesome. And then it it looks like the night sky is just incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, this is something I really appreciate when I go and stay in Shikoku, especially. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have so much less light pollution in that area, so much more rural and less cities, I think. Um, but this picture from your social media is just stunning. Can yeah. you see that on most nights from your area? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Like we live in a, a little kind of cluster of houses. So you have to go a little bit further up in the mountain. But yeah, for sure. Like that's that's not uncommon to um, to see a very clear night sky like this so yeah we're pretty uh blessed <laughs> with the the low amounts of light pollution for sure that's awesome now one thing we didn't really have a chance to talk about too much last time is your your passion for helping people uh, become healthier not just like you said before uh to forget about your stress and troubles and connect mm -hmm. with your but your studies and your training and now your coaching in holistic medicine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so I have studied a lot of different modalities. So previously I was studying um, yoga. So way back, uh, I went to India to study that. And then after I studied Thai traditional um, yoga massage and I also studied Reiki I studied a lot of actually herbal medicine as well through a school in in Canada um, eventually I found health coaching um, through a school in in America so I did my training in health coaching uh, but all of these did not feel like it was really really getting to the root cause of, of the issues that I had. The reason why I studied so many things is because I had my own health issues. Of course, it's interesting, you know, to, to learn about these things. But when there's a, a goal, there's definitely more drive to, to learn more. Um, 
and still, you know, practicing meditation or, you know, doing a little bit of yoga or doing this and that. And I still had the same issues, which I can, you know, talk to in a minute. But um, so eventually I worked with a functional medicine practitioner who had done some of this similar studies than I did um, in terms of health coaching. And she had, you know, she, she kept going with her education with functional medicine. And I was sort of like really amazed at her knowledge and how she, uh, she saw the symptoms in terms of, um, of connecting the dots. So I thought, okay, I need to study this. Like this is, this is it. Um, and so I started studying about a year and a half ago. I'm on my second year now and I've got a little bit longer to go. I've got three years and a half ish. Um, but it's amazing. So I, I was already seeing people with my um, health coaching practice prior to that. And now I'm, I'm kind of, um, I, I kept going with it, seeing it through the functional medicine lens. So, um, so yeah, the functional medicine is different in the sense that it's um, a whole body systems way to um, to see the symptoms. So instead of seeing, for example, someone who's like, "Oh, I have a headache," um, instead of saying, "Okay, take this for your headache," whether it is herbs or whether it is medicine. Um, instead of just seeing it as the issue is the headache is like okay why are is there headaches is it because uh you have not enough magnesium if you don't have enough magnesium why do you not have enough magnesium is it because of your food source is it because of your uh, digestive juices maybe like the the stomach acid maybe the digestive enzymes that are not strong enough if that is the case why so you kind of keep digging until you find something that can be changed sustainably um and it's often uh, people you know often know somewhat what they have to to do but my job is to kind of guide them and educate them on um the body's language which, which is the symptoms and uh, to try to um to find what makes sense for that specific person and yeah so it's really really fascinating i i love studying it although it is very challenging but um but yeah so i've been kind of doing that for the the last year and a half on top of um, of neodo adventure as well I hope that makes sense. If you have questions, yeah. please let me know because it, it's like it makes sense from my perspective, but sometimes it doesn't from for other people. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and you you talk a little bit on your website about how uh, this came from your own personal experience, like you said, uh, with some health problems on your own. Have you found it um, easy or able to transition to the kinds of foods or the kinds of supplements that you can access in Japan? Mm -hmm. That's a good question, actually. Um, it's. I think that this is one of the reasons why having someone to guide you is such an important thing because it's so overwhelming. The amount of uh, well, first of all, the amount of things that you need to do, or like the advice that you get from other people, and whether you can access that in Japan. I would say once you know where to look, and once you know um, the substitutes that you can uh have it is somewhat easy uh yes it's not always easy there's some things that you can't really uh you can't really kind of substitute for other things i think that one of the strengths of japan is the local food right and so 
a lot of what I do is leaning into that in terms of the nutrient rich foods. And so that in, includes being fresh food, because if you if you eat something that's been picked, you know, thousands of miles away when it was underripe, then chances are that there's not as much nutrient in, in it. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that we have in our favor is the fact that everything, well, not everything, but most things are shown like in season. Um, in terms of supplements, some people don't want to take supplement, which I totally respect. Um, in which case we lean more towards, you know, maybe herbs or um, just in terms of eating hygiene, sleeping hygiene, etc. Um, which also is very powerful. It's not sexy. It's not a sexy topic to say you should sleep better, but um, it actually makes a tremendous difference for a lot of people. So um, to answer your question, yes and no, there's a, there's a lot of study to be had in terms of uh, which vegetables you can replace with which, uh, but there's also a lot of good resources. There's Tengu foods um, in Saitama that produce a lot of great stuff. Um, like let's say Brazil nuts, that's something that I, especially for people who have like hypothyroid-like um, symptoms, Brazil nuts are, I don't want to say magic, but almost. So uh, they have some of these. Uh, there's iHerb. That's also good. I mean, obviously, you order from overseas, but uh, that's an option. And uh, yeah, just generally eating slower, <laughs> eating, uh, <laughs> chewing your food is something that's that's also very important. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? I, I imagine as you continue doing this, um, like you said, there are a lot of great local resources. You probably uh, start your research and develop more uh, understanding of what is available, who's doing what. Uh, every time I go around, um, even in Hiroshima, I always notice new things. Oh, wow, this person's doing a zero waste store in Hiroshima. I didn't know about that. Or, oh, wow, this is a new vegan place or something, you know, so... I imagine your area, which is so focused on nature and health and outdoor activities, it just seems to suit that area so perfectly. Mm -hmm. I think last last time we talked to Zoe, I was saying, my dream is to come and visit you and to do like a yoga in the morning and a sauna by the river and a adventure. Like, do people do a lot of like in the area do they do a lot of different activities or is it mostly they choose you guys and then maybe just do camping and relaxing like how how is it doing that combination of things that you know about nutrition and lifestyle with the kind of activities you do with the adventure tours mm -hmm. I would say at the moment they're very much separate uh, so my um, functional medicine coaching clients are online so I see mostly expats kind of helping them navigate the Japanese healthcare system and and to um, to find answers to their symptoms. And uh, in terms of the yoga teaching, I used to teach in the city in Kochi because I, I teach in English. Um, teaching in Japanese is something that I would very much like to do down the road. I don't feel confident nearly enough at the moment to do that. But eventually, that could be something that's really interesting, the yoga and the tensona and the, the activity. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, people mostly come 
for the activity and then either camp or go to the, the craft beer or um, maybe go do another activity. Like there's some clear kayak also in the area. So, um, so yeah, it depends on the level of, um, of, of adventure that the person is seeking. Usually when they come to us, they, they kind of want a next level adventure because it's not just, you know, flat water paddling. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, of that. They sometimes do a few activities, but most of the time they come do the activity go drink beer and go sleep in their tent. <laughs> that's, I would which, say that's the Which ever. sounds pretty good. Yeah. Sounds pretty good as well. Um, the last time we talked, you said uh, in the future, so I'd like to update your future aims here. Uh, let's see Let's see what you think of what you said last time. Uh, right. Last time you said you want to open a zero waste store. I think you mentioned that again today. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to do holistic coaching, which it sounds like you're starting to do. Wonderful. And you also mentioned around your area, there's a lot of potential for reusing old buildings, like remodeling an old house to maybe make a shop or a cafe or something. Is that still kind of where you're at or you've got some updates for us? Um, yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate still. Um, the zero waste shop, it's still the in my mind i haven't done anything you know concrete to actually get it on you know to get it done uh but it's still there i would say like it's it's something that i'm i'm sort of waiting to have more people moving here that's i've changed in that sense that like instead of thinking okay let's reuse the old buildings i'm thinking let's do that with um the help of other people moving in in town like there's a few people who um who do the well maybe you know the kyoryokutai program like people moving to uh to um inaka like to countryside towns and then they they start their own projects um so i'm hoping that more people want to move here because if i just start you know having a lot of projects with old towns and no one living here it's it, that's kind of defeating the purpose so um our goal i would say is to to make this town uh more attractive to uh even for you know english speakers who want to, to move to japan the houses are really cheap and it's easy to kind of to start a business here i would say i mean it, it takes effort obviously like anything else but it's uh it's a good place to live so yes using the buildings but also getting people to move here i think it's more important than um than anything else at the moment especially with people you know taking the going on a retirement uh, it's kind of scary to think what it's going to look like in 10 years. So, yeah, I would say that's my main aim at the moment. Um, and, yeah, holistic coaching, I've been doing that. Um, but I would say at the moment, functional medicine is very much kind of at the forefront of, of my life. So um, getting more and, like, studying more, knowing more, getting, like, doing more uh pr with other people who have the same kind of goals because i think i think that it's a modality that really thrives from having other modalities around so like in a multi modality clinic or something along the lines of that so um, i'm hoping to get in touch with other people who uh, who do this kind of work in japan and to um, to learn from each other 
That's great. Yeah, I think that that sounds really good. And uh, as you develop more clients and more experience, and then uh, you kind of have a better vision for how it can move forward as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of surviving coronavirus, and then now um, your business should be getting busier, and the area should be getting a few more international visitors. Have you noticed a change since the borders have kind of opened up this month? Um, yeah, we have a few bookings from overseas because uh, in our forum, there's like a thing where like, where are you coming from? Usually it's like Kochi City or Tokushima and it was like Sydney, Australia or like Ontario. So we we're like, oh, like it's happening. Uh, but for the most part, we are a summer activity company. So uh, I'm hope- thinking that it's mostly going to be next summer, um, which is OK, because now we're kind of, you know, We've had our high peak of, of summer, so we're ready to chill. <laughs> um, so it would be somewhat unfortunate if we became really, really busy right now. Um, so yeah, I think next year is we're we're definitely going to feel it more. Would you say that the summer is the best time to come? So plan your vacation to come to Niodogawa for summer? Or would it start from spring? Like, can you give some people some planning advice? Yeah, so um, for backrafting, you can do it pretty much all year round. It's a little bit more chilly, of course, when you do it in, in winter. Uh, but our tools start from April. So like do, doing it with the, the sakuras blooming is also beautiful. And that's some, and of course, there's less people. So it's, it's nice. Um, but yeah, summer is, you know, for any water activity, especially for canyoning, I would say uh, August, July, September, I think is the best time to go because it's not as busy as um, August is. And it's still very much enjoyable. It's nice and warm. Even early October is still definitely um, warm. Um, that being said, yeah, August is very, very busy. Like we uh, usually we're pretty booked out even like a month prior. So uh, if, if it's something that you want to do, I would definitely advise planning it ahead. Um, yeah, that was an action in Kyoto. So when we go somewhere, we usually take our boats and and because uh, they're like two kgs, not even. So we pack them in our backpacks and go somewhere. Wow. Uh, on a different rivers. So yeah, we went to Kumamoto as well. We went to um, to Kyoto and then where else did we go? We, well, in Shikoku, pretty much all the rivers here. Yeah, it always it surprised me last time how light these pack rafts are. That they're only two to three kilograms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're two kilos. So it's uh, it's really, really fun. There's a lot of people doing, oh, yeah, that's me hesitating, doing a backflip. I didn't do it in the end. Spoiler alert. So yeah, there's a lot of people doing something that's like bike pack craft. So they actually take off the wheels of their bike and they strap it at the front of the boat. And then they go down the river on their pack craft and then vice versa. So they pack up the pack craft in their bag and uh, just bike around the rest of the of their trip. So that's quite fun. I heard that there's actually a um, a competition in Hokkaido recently of, of people doing that, like uh, pack crafting and then biking. And I think there's something else as well, but I'm I'm not sure. That would be really cool to do, though. 
Yeah. Well, it just seems like you've got you've got so many more options when it's not so heavy. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's and that just shows how clear and clean that water is around you guys. And that was originally one of the reasons you guys settled in that area, right? Because mm -hmm. of that amazing water. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and I mean, for canyoning, it's it's another, you know, experience in itself when the, the water is so clear, just being there is an experience and then doing all the the adventure like canyoning activities is another. So it's kind of hemping it up a little bit more. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's beautiful, isn't it? Like it's a, in itself, it's a, it's enough for us to, to want to live here. And right next to our house, we've got the river. So um, it's nice to wake up to as well. Oh, it's just so beautiful. It's amazing. You, you must pinch yourself sometimes. Amazing that you live in such a beautiful area of the world, right? Yeah, for sure. It's beautiful. And it, it feels it feels like a secret almost. Like no one lives here. It's so strange <laughs> to me. Uh, so yeah, hopefully more people are going to want to move here. Please come. Yeah. We'll, have you. we'll hang out. Yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> um, one of the problems that a lot of rural areas are having, even if they have a lot of empty houses, is they don't have a lot of empty houses available for people to rent or buy. Are you seeing that same problem in your area or are there mm -hmm. enough if people do want to come and buy or live? Yeah, so there's a lot of empty houses, like you said. Um, I think there is a reluctance from the local people to rent to um, to foreigners, not even in the sense of people come from coming from other countries, but coming from other prefectures as well. Um, Although there's always a few houses on like the Neodogawacho website that you can have a look in and uh, check if you want to rent. I think it takes some time to get to know people and then find someone who has a house to rent. One thing that's really great, though, is that there is a uh, an accommodation system here that you can go live in like a it's a share house for a year or up to two years, I believe um whilst you're looking for a house or whilst you, you find your house so that's something that we've been through like we actually rented that um through that guest house for about a year before we found our house that we have at the moment um and i find that the matiakuba really really try to help you find a house you're not on your own um so yeah that, i think that the system is pretty good but yes there's definitely an issue with a lot of empty houses and uh, a reluctance to to let uh, people from the outside in. Um, but I think, yeah, we're trying to work through that. We're trying to show people that we're not bad and like put our garbage at the right days and like, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. And I, I think that's where people like you who are residents that are, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> <coughs> how you guys make it easier, mm. right? Because you you can vouch for other people too, right? Yeah, but there's also a lot of pressure, right? Like when I'm driving, I don't want to do anything wrong because I'm like, if I do something wrong, they're going to blame it on the fact that I'm not from there. <coughs> so, uh, yeah. so yeah, I'm just being really careful. Like I said, with the garbage, because I know it's such a big deal here. So like, 
you know. Well, that's that's actually one of the things that I I hear a lot, even with like you said, outsiders, outside from coming from outside the area, not just international people, but people that might put the garbage out on the wrong day or not sweep up their leaves or do some of the things that the community values, right? Mm -hmm. But I think the more people like you guys, you and your husband coming in, doing new things, but you're still showing how even with a new idea, a new kind of business, you still really care about the local community and the local environment. And then that helps them trust other people or at least give them a chance when other people come in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Luckily, our neighbors are really chill with with all of that they're really nice people and they they bring us a lot of daikon so that's great <laughs> that's something i've heard at uh rural areas as well you you end up doing a lot of like exchanges uh mm -hmm. you want to come and ride the kayaks and then they gave you like a bunch of mikans or something mm -hmm. <laughs> why not like that yeah. that tit for tat kind of exchange and collaboration amongst your neighbors that's wonderful mm -hmm. Now, one of one of the things um, I was really impressed by this canyon is just incredible. And you said even some local people, they don't recognize the photos that you guys share from within the canyon because looking at it from the inside is so rare and special that even locals who've never seen it from the inside think it's somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, so, you can see the bridge on that photo. So usually people look at the canyon from the bridge, so they can't really see from within the canyon. Uh, yeah, and it's something completely different. When people, when local people actually come canyoning, they, they can't believe it. So yeah, we're very lucky to, to go there for sure. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, looking down, of course, that beautiful clear water. Now, there's there's something interesting about the Neodo Blue. What is the story behind that? Um, I think the name just comes from the fact that it's really clear uh, com compared to, like, let's say, the Shimanto or Yoshinogawa, which are the, the two other um, main rivers in, in on the island. Shimanto is known because it's so long it's one of the longest rivers in Japan. So I think people here really wanted to distinguish themselves from other rivers. And so they pretty much named it Neodo Blue. And I think from what I understand, it's just very clear um, compared to other um, rivers. And although there's a lot of you know dams that are being built, so I'm sure it's not what it used to be, uh, but still it's, it's uh, unreal. I've never seen water that blue before. Oh, it's incredible. And uh, one of the things I'd heard is that there's not many dams, but actually when I was driving around the area, I saw a lot of dams. Um, so no, hopefully, of yeah, hopefully there's less dams or there's more, more areas which are natural river sites, not completely covered in concrete. I did notice some areas and it had the natural rivers and then other areas completely covered in concrete on both sides. I know that Alex Kerr often writes about this in his Ia Valley. Mm -hmm. It was so sad for him to see everything covered in concrete. Uh, this seems to be a trend for the last 50 years, of course, all over Japan. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the areas around your, your pictures anyway seem to show more natural riverside 
and hopefully you will stay that way. <laughs> hopefully actually the 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 canyon is not um operated so it's not um that's why it's so clear i believe and uh the neodo river itself there's a big dam that was made i think 50 years ago the odo dam and since then the water like this one you can see it's clear but it's not the same as the canyon and the reason why it is becoming clear is because of other really clear rivers kind of merging into the Niado River. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sure, I don't know enough about like the reason, the reasoning behind the dams to say whether it is a good thing or not. It sure is not nice to look at, uh, but I hope that there's a good reason behind it because yeah, it's it's very sad to uh, to see how many dams there are for sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, um, like Alex writes in his book, Dogs and Demons, um, it, it's set in motion a long time ago. And then it's hard to stop that momentum of just keep doing the same construction projects, which has a lot of uh, input from our economy in Japan. So it's one of the big issues. Um, but it's just amazing to see these photos and these areas which are more natural and uh, let me know if you need people down there to raise that voice and say how amazing these natural areas are. Everybody spread the word. Let's keep these areas as natural as possible. Uh, one of the guys I talked to in Totori, Richard Pierce, and he is seeing how when you add even the erosion controls in the rivers in beautiful Dyson, that it it has a lot of negative knock-on effects so he's finding the giant salamanders can't go upstream to uh breed and mm. these these are negative knock-on effects we should know about and make sure don't happen if we're trying to improve the environment right there's always things to consider on both sides um mm -hmm. definitely shows that concrete is not always the answer right Mm -hmm. Yeah, there. Um, I I believe that the area here used to be very um, popular for uh, unagi for um, eel fishing, and now that it's it's not the case so much be because of the dam mostly. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's something that I I think is very important to to dig more into, especially with you know everything that that's going on. I do know that in the area here there was a lot of um they say palm trees i don't know if, whether that's the right name for that the tree but that were planted in the mountains because of uh there's a big kind of forestry industry around the area with hinoki um but then they're not really using them anymore and they kind of really suck up the water so like the the, the amount of water in the river is not what it used to be like even 10 years ago um, so there are some people who want to make a change and who want to like, you know, fix the situation and maybe like replace these palm trees with uh, more local uh, breeds, which I think is something that that's very, very important. And I, I want to take part in um, there was a few people who were talking about it over the last year. So we'll see how this goes. But uh, yeah, I think that's something that would be very important to do. 
Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's it's all reassessing your case by case local situation. Uh, what what do we have? What are our hurdles? What can we do better? Uh, let's make a plan that's more sustainable. And I think there are people and communities like you guys who are thinking about that. So that makes it more attractive for new residents, but it also makes it more attractive for visitors. So that will bring in more tourism and more income that way as well, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of the, especially in Shikoku, when I go to Kamikatsu or um, mm -hmm. other areas, and there are local entrepreneurs who often talk about these same issues, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's not just about tourism. It's tourism is a part of it, but it's also about getting new residents, which is so important. You have to retain the quality of the environment and the quality of life and everything is connected, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kemkats is great too. I've, I was there actually a couple of months ago for the first time. Um, even though I, I live here, it's not some, a place that's easily accessible, but yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, wonderful. Um, we've had some great comments. Let's just give a shout out. Pamela on Facebook says, wow, fabulous photos and what an amazing night sky. Yeah, amazing. Maddie's joined from YouTube and Solvig says, dams are often constructed primarily to control floods, supply water and generate hydroelectricity. I mean, that that's one of the big concerns, right? Is that we are in need of more renewable energy. That is true but we don't want our solutions to cause more damage either, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, always an issue. Now, if people are thinking of coming this time of year, autumn and winter, is there anything they can do or should they wait till spring? What do you think, Zoe? Uh, no, there's the, there's still the Backcraft and, um, and Tensona tours that we're doing, and uh, it's a great time of the year to do it. There's actually two special tours that we're having on the 11th of November and the 19th of November. I'm not sure the 19th still has space, but it's uh, on another river. Well, it's up Upper Niodo, so the reason why we go there is because it's it's covered in Momiji. So the it's really, really pretty in mid-November. Um, and so uh, if that's something that's interesting for people uh, listening, it's just reaching out to us and saying that you're interested in, in the tours or the special tours, and then we can answer any questions that you may have. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited for these ones. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. Uh, looks great. So we're just looking at your website right now, Neodo Adventures, uh, mm -hmm. where people can find out more about canyoning, pack rafting, the sauna tent. And then uh, we also want to show your uh, coaching website as well and give people a chance to uh, get in touch with you through that. Basically through the contact page for Neodo Adventures and then book book that way mm -hmm, sure uh or dms or our um email address which is info at neodoadventure.com uh but the book online button there is also pretty straightforward so if you already know what you want uh, you can just go straight on the booking website it's so great i want to get in your sauna tent right now and <laughs> go, go swim in that clear clear river yeah i might do that amazing. this afternoon <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm jealous. All right. Uh, just just before we finish, I just want to show your uh, coaching website mm -hmm. as well. Sure. And you you come from a design background. Uh, do you think that helps you when you're making your websites? Yeah, I certainly does. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we didn't learn to make websites uh, per se when I was in, in visual effects school. Uh, but there's a, an element of, you know, choosing the right fonts and uh, the, I guess, the design part of it that definitely helps. But it's not everything. There's a lot of things that I have to YouTube or Google that I'm not, that I'm not too sure about. Uh, but I, I think a lot of the, you know, the brochures that I design, the stickers, the T-shirts, etc. Like, it's because I know the softwares that I'm able to, um, to do these things. Although... Um, Google, YouTube University cannot be underestimated. I think any anything that someone might want to do is definitely possible to do uh, when you put the time into it. So, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, Pamela has said from Facebook, next time we visit family in Hiroshima, we will come and look you guys up. I think that's something we haven't mentioned yet this time. Uh, it takes about five hours uh, coming from Hiroshima and then Okayama is a little bit shorter, maybe four or three hours, and then you said a lot of people come from Kansai by car, and then if you come from Tokyo, most people would fly mm -hmm. and then rent a car, is that right? Yep, that's correct. Uh, I think there's more and more routes to Kochi Airport, even from Itami and, and Kansai, so we have a lot of people flying from everywhere pretty much, even like from, uh, we had people coming from a, for a weekend from Hokkaido, right? <laughs> Uh, but yes, renting a car, I would say, is definitely the, the way to go uh, because it's so wide and the, the trains um, and trams are not as developed, I, I would say, as like Honshu. So uh, definitely renting a car is the way to go. Awesome. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to say, Zoe? I think that's that's pretty much it. I just want to promote the town and get people to, to be interested. And if um, if someone wants to you know, move to the countryside or not too sure about what kind of business that they want to um, to start. Not even just in Yodogawacho, but just look up the Kyoryokutai program um, in, in many different towns. I'm, I think that in most uh, countryside towns it is available and so that kind of sponsors you and, and um, helps you to build your own business and help the town as well. So I think that um, that's one of the main things also. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Zoe. Thanks again for joining. Um, after a year, maybe we'll catch up with you again next year. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Make sure to check out uh, Zoe's websites for Niorogawa Adventure and Zoe Kanzawa for her holistic medicine and coaching uh, website and connect that way. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining and have a great day. Thanks, Zoe. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Stronger, I drop the R.